The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode. Today, I have on my bubba, my lover, yeah. and my best friend. That's right. Tom Schwartz is in the house. <laughs> Hi. Finally. Finally? Yeah. It's only just begun. Yeah, I know. It's also fresh and new and exciting. Anything is possible. Well, I guess I've been talking about it to you for a really long time. So maybe that's why it feels like finally to you, but yeah. still new to everyone else. But I was trying to think of things I wanted to talk to you about, but I feel like I know you so well. So I went to the Instagram and I fielded some questions. Well, hold on. Before we get there, let's just... I'm not there. First of all, I'm the host. I know. I like to pivot a lot. I might take control a few times, but... I'm not jumping right into the questions, by the way. So you, I'm just saying... Let's paint a picture for your listeners right now. What are you looking at? I'm going to tell them what I did this morning. I walked into the bathroom. I was feeling courageous and I took the clippers and I decided to try and give oh, myself God. a fade. And to give you an idea of what I look like now, if you've ever seen The Fifth Element, well, um, Vito Cornelius, I think he, Father Vito Cornelius, his young apprentice, David, if you want to Google that, that's exactly yeah. what my hair looks like. Yeah, I don't, you butchered. I've been doing Tom's hair these last, I don't know, few months or so. In quarantine, I've been, I've given you some haircuts, dyed your hair. The first attempt at a fade, I mean, in your defense, you had never done it before and you were pretty toasty off about seven glasses of wine. So I was just using shears. I was just using like scissors, basically. And, and, yeah. and like a comb in my fingers. And and you were, t- and you were fried. I mean, you were hammed off, off Fino. And uh, I, I got I to gotta say though, that was the first attempt and I knew what I was getting to. I had no expectations, but I kind of dug it. It was kind of like, you know, dystopian Mad Max-ish, you know? No, it looked like someone who was blind cut your hair. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> That's what it looked like. But then, but then you followed up with just a superb cut. The next two times were like, they were almost as good as when I go to the barber. Maybe like 70% as good as a usual fade, which is pretty significant for someone who's never really- Because then I got the the clippers that have the guards on them. So I would like, you know, switch out the guards to get the nice fade and then, you know, use the shears on the top of your head. But- YouTube was an amazing resource. Shout out to YouTube. I mean, I'm a, I mean, I, yeah. This, I just YouTube went to hair school. Such an incredible tool for so many things. There's a tutorial for everything you can imagine. Like for I instance, I had uh, my first Tim, the tool man Taylor moment here, Bub Vila. One of our doors in our showers was sagging. And um, instead of hiring a handyman, I did a little research <laughs> figured out how to do it on YouTube and I went yeah. and fixed it myself. And uh, I know I was so impressed because normally I do that kind of stuff around the house. Yeah. It should be noted that I am capable. I am a somewhat capable handyman, but Katie sort of excels in that area and she's yep. she's really good at it. She's got this natural <laughs> handyman, handy woman instinct. And uh, I know. that's why I call you Bub Villa. Bub Villa. I know I'll be putting together the furniture or doing something, you know, Along those lines, and Tom will be making me guacamole and serving me drinks. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. In a in a little sassy French maid uniform. Yeah, he puts on his short shorts for that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> or his my favorite boxers of his have candy corn on them. Yeah. Oh no, people don't <laughs> that that's TMI. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. But I did get a lot of really great questions. Cool. From the the Instagram world. Yeah. For you. If, do you want to start off easy or do you want to just get right into the knit gritty? Well, the knit and gritty. Well, like do you want to ask me how I feel? How do you feel, honey? Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel overall okay. I'm happy. <laughs> I have a lovely wife and beautiful dogs and we have our health. My family's all right. We have a roof over our head, but I don't know. I've been getting I've been getting on the California doomsday train lately. Yeah, um, see see the quarantine is great for me. I'm a homebody. I love just like being at home, lounging around or just I I don't know. I I can just I have no problem where Tom gets extremely restless and I get like restless and then I just I don't know. I just I've been reading the headlines especially in California lately. You know, we just had the highest recorded temperature in the last 100 years 100, here, 130 degrees. 130 degrees. Shout out to Death Valley. Now it's really hell on earth, though. I mean, we have tornado fires in Northern California, which mm-hmm. is raging, burning right now, setting all my love we had, and thoughts. Or, we had a pretty scary earthquake a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, always on the cusp of the big one. We have mm-hmm. the highest state income taxes in the entire nation. <laughs> That's your favorite one to talk about. That's really depressing. Listen, no, no, let's pick. Let's, I just can I, we can we. I just, I, I just, I found myself. Yeah, I'm gonna get off the train now. Yeah, I'm gonna let's, get on the happy train. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. Let's lighten Jesus. the mood. Tom's all like, oh, in, income, state taxes, doomsday, fires, like. Well, then I remember that you know, <laughs> then I remember that you can go skiing and and surfing in the same day. And Vegas is only hour flight away, and San Diego's a two and a half hour drive, and well, Palm just, Springs is. Well, and Tom and I just spent our four year anniversary in Santa Barbara, which was. Amazing. It was lovely. Highly recommended. It's like the chiller, lusher, more laid back version of LA. Mm, no. No? That's how I felt. No, about it's it. not a version of LA whatsoever. It's just it's just such a beautiful in terms of the landscape and just the beach vibe. City. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of your family, okay. There's a lot of questions about the triplets. Yeah. I miss them dearly. Some people are asking what your favorite memory of them is. The three amigos. My favorite recent memory is, well, maybe not obviously, but Tom and Jack surprised me with them at our wedding because I had no idea, not even an inkling. And um, it was one of the just most beautiful moments I, I can remember with them. I know they were so happy to be yeah. there. They had, At that point, they had never been to California. They had never mm-hmm. filmed on the show. And like it just everything, everything together was like, it was the culmination of just all these firsts for them. And I just was also, you know, one of the happiest moments of my life. And it was just like pure joy and elation and like seeing them and embracing them, Mm -hmm. crying, having my mom there. I wish I could have had my dad and my sister there, of course, but you know, still it was just, they were just seeing the joy in their eyes and, and it just, Oh man, I go back to that moment all the time in my mind, not so much, you know, watching it on the show, but, um, it's perfectly preserved in my little brain here. That's one of my favorite recent ones. Did you ever mistake them or were you always able to tell them apart? Um, I was always <laughs> able to tell them apart. Really? But Even when they were babies? Yeah. Or did your mom have to do like sock tricks or like no. them in certain colors? No, I no, I was always I was always pretty good at telling them apart. Just um they have these little 
tiny like little idiosyncrasies and these little subtle physical characteristics as as babies that I get that I helped use to you know distinguish between the three amigos but uh yeah it was it was interesting I, I guess when you're immersed in it, I didn't really think too much about it growing up it just it just it it, it just was you really didn't think it was odd that you had triplet brothers I mean I know I know after some time it wasn't until like, later in life that I fully appreciated you know how rare it is and how special it is but um yeah Growing up as a young lad, I we just roughhoused a lot. We played a lot. Were you like a good older brother or did you beat up on them? No, I was well, I was a good older <laughs> brother, but also I did enjoy torturing them. Yeah. But in like a good fun-hearted sort of way, not like um not like, you know, lasting mental trauma or like <laughs> like bullying them. But no, like in a good-spirited sort of fun older brother sort of way. I love busting their balls and I still do love busting their balls. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. You know, like a sibling kind of way, like me. Totally. Like Joey and I definitely tortured Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like Rocky and I used to fight. Oh God, I remember. Yeah. The horrible fights, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but all in the boys love. are okay. They're still back in Florida. They're doing okay. Um, they're not exactly where they want to be in life. Yeah, who is? We're all works in progress. They're they're kind of late bloomers. They keep such great attitudes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're so positive. Never so nice. Never cynical. Mm-hmm. And just always so grateful. And I, I can't wait to yeah. get them back out here. And uh, yeah, I miss them every day. <laughs> oh, I love them so much. And two of them are single, right? Yeah, two of them are two single. Ladies. Brandon single. Ladies. Brandon needs to get laid. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> Bert, Bert needs to get laid too. Oh. Billy's Billy's in a loving relationship with Amanda, and he's happy. And I think they're they're considering getting their first apartment together, so that's a yeah. big step. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the boys are okay. I, I need I need more of the triplets in my life. People always ask me about them, like in Tom Tom, and I'm in Sir Pump. Like, when are the triplets coming back out? We should get a cameo or something. Fan favorites. Yeah. Um, I love the triplet update, but they have such what, good souls. I know I know you've told me that you were such a good child and your mom has said that you were just the best little boy ever, but like what were you really like as a child? From what I remember and from what I was told by everyone around me, I was just really easygoing, laid back, rarely complained, rarely cried. I was just an easy so annoying. happy go lucky <laughs> baby. But you know what? That's that's good for me because hopefully our children will take after yeah. you. Yeah. I always had a nice, even-keeled temperament. Of course, I spazzed out sometimes that I had meltdowns and I sometimes fought with my older sister. I like to torture my older sister, by the way, a lot too. More so than my brothers, actually. A lot of people don't know I have an older sister. Her name's Natalie. Well, I have two half-sisters and a half-brother from my dad's previous marriage. Mm -hmm. And they're very cool. Sarah and Laura and Jeff. And um, they all live in Minnesota, although Laura just moved down to Florida. Yeah, I have a great, big, beautiful family. Yeah, if you're counting, that's eight kids that his dad has. Yeah, he was busy. He's, Tom is one of eight. That's And you're right in the middle, too. Yeah, We're basically yeah. in the middle. Yeah, I'm in the middle. And um, I just, oh, no, I'm getting sentimental. I can't stop it. <laughs> it's coming up like like I got a puke or something. It's just going to come out. I miss them all so much. You know. Quarantine has made me mad a little bit. Of course, there's been charming, fun aspects to quarantine. And I say that from a place of privilege. I know there's a lot of suffering, so don't come at me on Twitter. Although I don't have Twitter right now, so you can come at me and I won't see it because I delete it on a regular basis because I hate it. Yeah, it's the worst place. Although I appreciate it as I appreciate it for what it is, you know, as much good as bad has come from Twitter for sure. 
And I know it's a powerful tool. Okay, well, okay I'm, 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 I'm back reeling. Oh I'm, boy. Um, well, how about how about this? Why do you talk to me, Bubba? Why do you? Um, We're doing a podcast right now. Yeah, stop trying to take over my job. I'm about right to now. take the reins. Mm-mm. Redirect. Um, okay, so why do you prefer Coors Light to any other beer? <sighs> <laughs> totally switching gears, but I love Coors Light. First and foremost, for its taste, it's simple and clean, mm-hmm. and it's unironically one of my favorite beers. I love the way it tastes so much. It's so quenching, and people would say it tastes like cat piss. Yeah, I don't taste. Not to <laughs> me. It tastes. It just. It how, just do, how do you know? It just. Well, you can imagine because <laughs> for me personally, cat cat pee is one of the worst, if not the worst, smell on the planet. A cat really that has is. recently peed on your rug, a blankie. No, you can smell it immediately. And yeah, out. it's so pungent. So I can only imagine what it tastes like. Uh, anyways, I love Coors Light. And also for nostalgic reasons too. It's like amongst the first beers I ever drank. Okay, people are getting bored now. I like the packaging. I do. I love their branding. I love their new their new marketing campaign, the Active Chill, you know? Well, Officially it's, chilling. It's, it's very, very on brand with your brand of... Yeah. Officially chilling. The moo- I, Tom's Tom's uh, leisure line. Yeah. His loungewear line was got the moo-moos. Yeah. The sweatshirt. Well, I wanted to make something that someone could put on and make like an, make it official, make their declaration to the world that they are taking a me day. They are showing themselves some love. Yeah, this you always your- get mad when I have it on. You're like, but you're not officially chilling. I know. I know. <laughs> I need to lay off. I need to cool yeah. down. Yeah, I know. I only wear mine on special occasions, but you can wear it every day Tom, if you, you want. you wear it every day. No, I don't. That's not true okay, at all. You wear it once, no, twice no. a week. Well, I, okay. You should be wearing it. It's your I line. Like chill. I like to chill and yeah, Everyone I gotta likes represent. To chill. I'm an ambassador of chill. Chilling looks different for everybody. I feel insincere or like a, a poser when I'm wearing it and I'm not chilling. So I like to walk the walk. <laughs> You're always chilling. Talk the talk. No, I'm not. I'm not chilling lately, you guys. But I mean, even but whether it's your demeanor that's chill or you're actually actively like chilling on the couch. I keep it chill on the surface, but you know, there's inner turmoil for sure. There's lots of yeah, things I'm worried I about. I don't want. I don't want to get your. Your We're not going down that. They haven't. They have. They have enough on their own plate. I'm not going to burden them no, with the things no I'm concerned about. My neuroses, but yeah, there's a lot of things I'm concerned about, but way more good than bad. And I'm always overall an optimistic, happy dude. Yeah. Ooh, I pulled out of that nose. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about you and I now. Okay. How's that sound? All right. So these questions came from everyone else. Then and these these are the questions that were asked the most. So don't (laughs) look at me weird. All right. I think we can just start with how we met. A lot of people I feel like we've talked about this so much. We've talked about on the show. We've talked about it in interviews, but once again, we can just tell the story of how we met. So and it's not a great story. I, I wish, I wish we had story. a romantic or like fairy tale esque introduction to each other. Like it was more. It was of basically just matter yeah, Chris, of fact. So I was working at Sir. <laughs> Kristen was like, "Oh my gosh, you have to meet my roommate or my boyfriend's roommate, Tom Sandoval." Um, I think you guys would like really get along. I feel like you're like the girl version of him. I don't even know what that means, but. I was just like, okay, what's this dude's story? She's like, well, he moved here a year ago to LA. And I was like, mm, first, I'm going to stop you there. And then Strike she, one. And yeah. And then she continues. She's, and I'm like, okay, well, what's his story? Like, what does he do? She goes, well, he's pursuing acting and modeling. And I was like, y- you lost me. Two strikes. You lost me. I've already dated all of them. And I just can't, I can't get back into that. 
And honestly, I, I agree with that. Like, I'm very easy to become cynical and jaded dating here in LA, especially dating up and coming artists who sort of have to be hyper focused on themselves. They don't know when their next check's coming. They don't know when their next gig is coming. I know. It's it's trust me. It's exciting, but it's also an incredibly selfish time. And it's it's not a time you're really thinking about love and pursuing relationships. You're thinking about one night stands and maybe like those things aren't mutually exclusive. They're because not. you can do focus on your career and also be in a relationship. Hundred percent. But all the the only point I was trying to make is at least in, at that moment in time. Like being happy and in love in a caring relationship didn't feel conducive to making progress professionally. Right. I felt like they in that moment I did feel like they were mutually exclusive, and I was also just I just didn't feel sexy. Like I was, <laughs> I was like hustling. I was working so hard. I, know, I, I didn't know. have I didn't know anybody. I had to, like I never knew when my next check was coming because I was a gig worker. I was I was trying to establish um, myself in the industry, get good agents, a good commercial agency, always going on. Anyways, okay. I was just that's a good I excuse. Was a, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so then we met. So then, so then one night, I, th- I don't know if it was like after work, but one night, Kristen's like, "Let's go to the Belmont. Tom is coming," and I was like, "Okay, fine. <laughs> Warm me mm-hmm. down. I'm gonna meet this guy." And Tom like shows up, barely says like hi to me. He can't come in because he doesn't have his ID. So then we go back to you're in Tom's apartment and Tom has a girl with him. So Kristen has like now finally <laughs> convinced me to meet this guy and he's got a girl with him. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is not going well <laughs> at all. Like you, like Kristen, I'll never listen to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have a girl there, although it was more just platonic. Although I think we had sort of maybe hooked up a little bit. Like maybe I guess we had made it to like first base and we hung out and, but we were more just friends with like two beneficial occasions. Right. We, you know, anyways. Um, but then Tom and I, we actually spoke and we were hanging out and we were having fun and that girl was like pissed. I remember she wouldn't even like come out of your room. She like wanted to hang out in your room and we were all hanging out in the living room area. And I busted out the sunglass collection. We played drinking games. <laughs> yeah. I do remember it. And I mean, I, I of course I thought you were, but first impressions, of course I thought- oh, Yeah, I want to ask you, what were your, your first impressions of me? Well, I thought you were, uh, of course I thought you were hot, but I was kind of disinterested. I wasn't thinking of, I wasn't thinking you as a romantic- Really? Because Kristen hadn't been talking me up to you for weeks like she was- to me about you? She had mentioned you, but honestly, like I said, I was, I had so many other things that I was concerned about, preoccupied with mentally. Like just romance was way down on the list. Yeah, so was it for me. I didn't want to date another loser actor. <laughs> no, I didn't want to yeah. date another guy that's like, I'm, a, I'm focused on my career. Because to me, in my experience of dating in LA, that was not, that was not a genuine excuse or reason. It was a fuck boy excuse and reason they always said like I'm just focusing on my career that was basically saying like I don't I want to keep my options open I don't want to get tied down which I understand in LA it's a crazy fast-paced city and it's there's a lot of nightlife and a lot of young attractive people that sometimes people are like uh, you know and I respect that and it's hyper hyper competitive like when you go you like I'm, people I don't have, want to talk about auditions. people have a general idea I don't either but people just yeah it should be noted that you have to give it a hundred percent you can't let your foot off the gas because just although I did from time to time <laughs> for sure mm-hmm. um, but anyways 
Yeah. So first impressions. Yeah. I thought you were sexy. That was the beginning and the end of it. You know, I want to wow your listeners. I want to wow you right now and be like, I knew at the moment I laid eyes on you we'd spend the rest of our lives together. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't like but it that, for either of us. I was just yeah. like, he's really cute. He's yeah. fun. Like I definitely had a crush on you. We definitely started like communicating, kind of stayed like that for like a couple months, maybe f- for a while. Honestly, I think the second time we ended up hanging out, we had sex. <laughs> Pro- well, okay. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Uh, no, I'm not talking about that, but it was, it was, we kept it very casual. Yes. We didn't, we both were like, I don't want a relationship. He didn't want a relationship. So it would just, it was just sort of this like casual, like thing where we were seeing each other, but we didn't put a label on it or anything. It was respectful, but casual and fun. But still, we would, we would flirt with each other via text. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we were in person, there was chemistry for sure. But, I just, I, I just kind of refused to let myself go there. Same. I was jaded. I had been burned in the past. Yeah, she was but way then, more jaded. But then, yeah, I was totally way more jaded. But because I had also been in LA and then dating in LA, and anyone that's dated in LA knows it sucks. It's the worst. So you will become a horribly jaded person after a few years. And I've been here for like four years, I think, by that time. But then we both ended up catching feelings because I went out of town or went back home to Park City to visit my family. And I guess I didn't like text Tom back or he tried to get in touch with me. And I just was kind of like <laughs> not responsive. And of course, the Christian's like, he's moping. He's asking like, oh, I haven't heard from her. Have you heard from her? See, that's the thing. That's totally yeah. not who I am. I'm not the jealous type. I, I, you can, you can. It's not about being jealous. I know, no, no. But I'm, in that moment, I think I was one of the few times I sort of, I'm, I'm very vulnerable, hundred percent. I'm very vulnerable, but I'm just not the jealous type. But in that moment, I think, yeah, I was, I, I started to catch real feelings, and but then I tried to bury him down. I'm like, no, mm. no, you need <laughs> to be out there hustling, grinding, getting auditions making moves. You have nothing to fall back on and no one to help you. You don't have time for love. You know? um, <laughs> but so then, but then I remember talking to Stassi, we had a conversation and I was just like, ah, oh, but I really, I just don't, I don't know if I want a relationship. I really, really like him. I do. And she's like, okay, well, Katie, how would you feel if like, so you guys have to, just, you have to decide one way or another. Like you have to say like, okay, fine. Like we're not going to, do this anymore or like you got to like figure this out and how would you feel if you started dating someone new I'm like I'm like I would fucking end her Whoa. <laughs> and she was like, well I didn't say it like that but I remember I was like um I would be devastated and she goes okay well then there's your answer like you should just call it what it is and so I remember I text you like in that moment and was like do you want to have lunch tomorrow and we went and had lunch and I was like, so um, I think we both. I knew something was amiss. I didn't know that you were going to sit me down to have the talk. <laughs> the what are we talking? dreaded. No, I base no, I didn't ask you what we were. I basically just I was like, so I know, like I haven't really been like wanting a relationship. You haven't really been wanting a relationship, but like we know we both really like each other, and I think we should like give this a real shot. And you, I basically asked you to be my boyfriend, and you were and you said, well. I don't know if I'll be a very good boyfriend, but I'm down to give it a shot. And I was like, good enough for me because I don't know how I'm going to be either. But then, you know, 10 years later, here we are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was a big moment for me because I like, (laughs) I I was still fresh 
fresh from making this leap of faith, resigning from my somewhat cushy job in Florida and uh, driving across the country by myself, yada, yada, yada. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it is kind of a traumatizing thing when you make that leap of faith. And I was still processing all that and finding my way and establishing connections and to all of a sudden be committed to another human being. I just, it, it felt like a huge step. What did I say? I said, like something like be my boyfriend that I'm just going to, I don't remember exactly what I said. And you're just like, well, I don't know if I'll be a very good one, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the transparency. I was the same way. I was like, I don't know either, but like, we're going to get our feelings hurt if we keep doing this. So if we just kind of like establish that this is what it is, set some boundaries, then we protect ourselves. Before then, my my, my dating life in LA it was more or less non-existent. I, I had met people I had great connections with and bonded with and would hang out on a regular basis with, but I had never really dated up into that point. I sort of saw a few different girls, but it was very, you know, light and uh, mostly, like I said, platonic. So you were kind of my first real quote unquote, real relationship in LA. I know I wasn't your first relationship. <laughs> Sorry. No. Katie uh, went through a phase. I was a hoe. <laughs> a big old hoe. Just kidding. Not really. But like, you know, I just, I was like, whatever. See, I never went through a promiscuous phase. I was always a serial monogamous. Well, after I got in a relationship, that's a different. <laughs> you might want to just kidding. slow down there. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm going to pivot. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah. 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 I had to break you in. <laughs> um, and you did. What are your top three favorite things about me? That's a question that a lot of people ask. Obviously, I've been asked this question a million times, but like my number one favorite thing to do with you is no, about me, about not, you. not activities, about me. We'll go hand in hand. Okay. But I, this also involves you. No, no, it doesn't. Okay. I love just sitting <laughs> and doing nothing with you. I love indulging in just the simple okay, but things, that's not laying something in bed, about me. watching a rerun, or watching Jerry Maguire ordering takeout. But I just, it's like magic. It's sweet yeah. bliss, it nirvana. That's like one of my favorite things in the world is just doing nothing with you. And <laughs> Same, um, I agree. Yeah. All my answers are going to be so stock or cliche. Because I was going to say, I love, I love your laugh. Really? Yeah, I do love your laugh. And I love when you laugh. And I like that sometimes you have... A darker sense of humor. <laughs> uh, not always. I do. But yeah, you do have a darker sense of humor. And I love that. And I love that you're a driving force in the relationship. If it wasn't for you, I think we would still be together, but we'd still be living in our first apartment, not engaged. Happy, not married. <laughs> not married. Happy. Driving force in our, our love and progression in our relationship. Sometimes via questionable methods like ultimatums. But they get shit done. Stand by them. Get They get shit done. Right? I know, but the ultimatum. Like sometimes you just got to put a little fear in somebody. Yeah, it Make works. them fear what they're about to lose. The thing is... We to weigh the options. Yeah, okay. What else do I love about you? I love travel. Well, that, I like... Keep all, going. Like all the things... Bob, keep going. I love traveling with you. Well, I've always appreciated the finer things in life, but like more or less been indifferent to something like flying first class. Oh, but God, you've made me appreciate sitting in first class. I'm not bougie and I'm happy in the middle seat. And all, I never middle seat, but all the <laughs> way back next to the shitter. That's no problem for me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But you've made me appreciate, yes, the finer things in life. Treat yourself. Because that's part of the experience of traveling is the is the getting there, you know, coming home. It's, it's all part of it. So you got to… Treat yourself. Whenever you set that tone… 
you know, hopping onto a plane, sit in the first class, have a little champagne, have a big TV, have plenty of leg room, being able to lay that seat back. But are you spoiling yourself? All the time. Every day. This is another question about me that you're going to answer. Wait, 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 wait. I think. Oh, do you want me to do? I think the listeners deserve to know what you love about me. Oh, God. All right. (laughs) Just two. Um, Just two. I love that, Tom, you're always very positive. You are very much of a glass half full. Like you're very optimistic. Unless unless I'm sitting in traffic. Hold on. It should be noted. I I have the floor. Okay. I got to qualify it. Well, yeah. I'm a monster when I'm behind a wheel. Well, subtle monster. You'll never know it by looking at me. Our road rage. Your road rage is, is, you're more outwardly. You are too. No, no, no. It's all, mine's all inner, inner rage. I literally, some one time heard you scream, not windows open, but there was like a 70 year old woman and you called her a skank. No, I did not. <laughs> she, she was a skank. <laughs> we rival okay, each other okay, in the road right. rage department. But okay. No. Anyways, this is supposed to be positive things. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, I lost my train of thought. No, hold on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, stalling tactics. <laughs> no, I love I love your relationship with your family and how much you like love and worry about them and you and your mom have a great relationship and I've always really loved that about you. Your sense of humor. Yeah, I got a pretty damn good sense of humor. I'm not I'm not Hold on. This oh, is yeah. not about you. Or this is about you, but this is my turn to talk. <laughs> um no, Tom has a really great sense of humor. Tom's also really intelligent. I feel like on the show sometimes people are like, oh, he's just a dummy. Like cause you cause you do the you do the the puppy boy or the little puppy dog thing, all shucks thing a lot. But people like you're actually like a very, very intelligent. Maybe emotionally intelligent. Some I mean I did go to college and I like I got a good education. You're you're smart. I'm not great on the spot. I need time to think about You read about a lot things. of books. Time to digest things and think about stop qualifying all these things I'm saying I love about you. Okay, okay, you're right. You're right. Really? Let's get back. It's like you're trying to... Sometimes Tom tries to argue all of my points, which I do love. I love a healthy debate and I love that you challenge me, but sometimes like right now is not the time. Oh, no. no. <laughs> this, I, I, I felt like we were riffing. We're not riffing though. I'm complimenting you. Okay, yeah. And I'm, that was even a compliment right then. Tom's a very like unique individual. Thanks. <laughs> no, 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 I was going to, I'm elaborating on that. The way Tom dresses is what I'm specifically talking about is basically like somebody shit their pants and had to just like go to like a gas station or somewhere on the side of the road and put something on. Actually, I'm on board with that. <laughs> I love gas. When and I-, I love it. I love that you don't like give a fuck. You wear well, what I you do. like. No, no, but you you only care about whether you like it or not. You don't care what other people think or if it's in fashion or if it's trendy. You appreciate trends yes. and you do have really nice clothes and stuff like that. But like right now you're wearing a tie-dye shirt that you bought from a like a souvenir shop that says Amelia Island, Florida on it. I am. It's tie-dye. It's and, green um, and blue tie-dye. And, and it it's like fit it well. doesn't yeah, it's like but really he, he finds these boxy t-shirts with the the image or the whatever has been print screen printed on it crooked <laughs> off center and he and you like love that about it. I'm like that would drive me crazy. Like for instance, you know, on Las Vegas Boulevard, they have these little shops, these souvenir shops, and you can get three shirts for ten dollars. I love that they're I'm not a cheapskate, but I just love those type of shirts. The cheesy touristy yeah, ones. The two for twenty. I, I'm a sucker for um yeah, collecting gas station shirts from around the world. But 
then again, I also, yeah, like you said, I do have a great appreciation for fashion. I might not show it all the time, but I like to think I have a keen fashion sense. You wouldn't be able to tell it by looking at me, but it's in there. I'm judging. You have a unique sense of fashion. I'm going, I'm going with keen. Keen. Um, anyways. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on from that. These are slightly more serious questions. Hit me with but, it. But I think, you know, a lot of people that watch the show have seen really some of our worst fights. And, yeah. I, and you know, and I think that sometimes people have this idea of our relationship in their head that we're like every single day waking up, calling each other horrible names. <laughs> and we're just like constantly at each other's throat. And that's really not the case. But they have really seen some of the the darkest moments of our relationship. And so I just wanted us to talk a little bit about that. It's a funny thing being in a relationship over the course of eight years on, on a reality television show. Because I was definitely nervous about that going in. And I remember talking to you being like, okay, so we're going to do this show. And I'm like really nervous because it could potentially tear us apart. It could really, it's going to definitely put us, you know, through the, what do you call it? The ringer. The ringer. The or gauntlet. it's going to put, put us through our paces and test us. And, you know, it should be noted that I was, I also had all kinds of trepidation reservations. I was like, you know, when we first started the show, I was just starting to make progress. I'm just starting to like, I wasn't crushing it by any means, but I was like starting to yeah. book commercials and book some print jobs. And I felt like I was gaining confidence. It took a long time to get just to the point where I was getting callbacks. And then all of a sudden we're presented with this opportunity to do this reality it's show. opportunity of a lifetime. Of course. But like in my mind, I still had a stigma attached to reality TV. And then I was like, oh my God, not only am I going to be on reality TV, I'm going to have to be in a relationship on reality yeah. TV. And it just, it was very, it was a very scary time. We just had to like kind of live out loud. And if we were getting an argument, it was going to be on camera. And that happened yeah. plenty of times. And also Tom was a very bad boy. Well, couple times too. Yeah. Probably the hardest thing I had to go through, like honestly, because that is such a really like intimate, crushing blow to have to experience, not even on camera, just in life. It fucking sucks. Yeah. And then here I am with cameras on us and there's, you can't run, you can't hide. You have to just, you want to run. You want to, but you can't because like, this is our job. You deal with it. And then you have to relive it. And then now hear the, you know, opinions and like every, what everyone has to say when it airs yeah. finally. And that, and there's a lot of judgment and a lot of negativity that comes from that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, that was rough. And uh, it was obviously, you know, it was mortifying and uh, not one of my prouder moments, but like we've had a very grizzled and complicated relationship. You know, it was really rough early on. We went through a lot. We fought a lot early on and I had never been in a relationship like that. I had never really, by the way, this is not me blaming Katie for me being. A, he just has never been in a relationship with a strong, powerful woman. Well, blah, blah, but also, you know, okay, I, well, we'll go with that. You you had a lot of issues from prior relationships and also you, you know, you had PTSD from, which I didn't realize when we were going through it, but you had a lot of anger management issues and you were very emotionally volatile and I just had never, anyway, so I had like, I, I bottled up a lot of resentment over the first few years in our relationship. And um, that manifested itself in really weird, you combine that with, you know, excessive alcohol intake and just like being confused about, you know, whether or not you see yourself 
being together with this person. I never fell out of love with you, but there was times where it got stretched really thin and I honestly wasn't sure if we were going to make it as a couple, which is like really sad to say. No, but it's not an excuse to cheat It's not, it's not. And it's like, it's like the most cowardly way of dealing with it. We've talked about this in couples therapy. It's like, for sure, there was times, never consciously, but in hindsight, I can look back and say, for sure, like subconsciously was trying to just sabotage or take the cowardly way out. I would never fully admit it to myself, but there was times where I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. And I was like, wasn't sure if I wanted to be together. And yeah, I just had a lot of resentment bottled up and I guess it manifested itself in some pretty douchey ways. I'm not admitting myself from this. I'm not saying that I wasn't a pain in the ass and when we would fight and it would terrify you and I would act crazy. Yeah. Um, that's not okay. Um, I know that. We've come so far. We've put so much work into our relationship. I can look back now in hindsight. I'm much more empathetic to to what you might have been going through on a neurological level, like the brain trauma suffered um, during your accident, that in combination with some of the messed up relationships you had before. It's like, but like, you know, when you're when you're in the storm, you're not really thinking about how a tornado was formed or what causes tornadoes. You're just like holding on for dear life. And, you know, it was like, we definitely went through some traumatic phases. And uh, yeah, again, I'm much more empathetic to them. And I don't know, I went through like a weird, like kind of sloppy, slutty phase. I had never done that in my life. I've always been so buttoned up in regards to just like my sex life, chill. And yeah, I went through like a extended sloppy phase with my girlfriend on national TV. As hard as it was to live through that and experience it, you know, it's very therapeutic. I've talked about this before to be on a reality TV show because you see like this mirror of yourself and, you know, because you can't avoid it, it really forces you to take that sort of like deep look into yourself and what's going on yeah. and be, you know, accountable for change. Yeah. It's like going to therapy in front of millions of people <laughs> and like you get roasted alive on, on Twitter and Instagram, but also you get a lot of constructive feedback too. We have some ruthless fans, but we also have some of the most insightful, intelligent, funny, compassionate fans ever. Like the DMs I've gotten and the so thoughtful and like going in a different direction now. But like I've had such great heart to hearts with people at TomTom. Oh my God. From all walks of life and just like these deep connections. But um, by the way, like just again, not looking for any sympathy here. But like <laughs> when you're going into a scene and you know, first of all, you fucked up, you've cheated on this person that you love and you know you have to sit down and almost it's not an ambush but like that's just the law of the land in reality tv you don't tell each other ahead of time you save everything for the camera not in like a manipulative way but no. just in a way because it's like we want to make our show authentic and real and if we were to be talking about things or warning people or prepping things you it wouldn't be the show that we have today it's because you're getting like really like genuine reactions to real things that are happening. If you had told me about that, I would have already prepared myself for what I was going to say. And, you know, it's just, you don't want that. In that moment, I, it feels like I'm ambushing almost with this horrible news. Well, because I, I did not think it was possible because I, I felt like I knew you. And I'm like, Tom is not that kind of guy. Like, I'm I know not. I know his past. We've talked about, like, it's human error and I'm not that guy, but I was that guy. And I yeah. went through like an extended sporadic phase where I was sloppy and careless and a little slutty. I'm not making light of it, but it's like, it, it feels like it's pretty far in the rear view now. 
And I'm just happier than I've ever been. And I feel like our relationship's always getting better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we're relationship goals, but like we, we've we put in the work. We're like a tried and tested couple. Yeah, we don't sweep shit under the rug. Like we learned not to, because Tom, when we went to therapy, he learned that he would, you know, suppress things and he would keep things bottled up and then it oh, would yeah. explode. And so like we've gotten better about communicating things and talking things out. And I have to be more calm and patient you know, um, on my end of things and Tom's opened up more and it's communicating with me more. And I think just like getting those tools to help us has been invaluable. Yeah. It took a long time. I didn't realize how deep the well of resentment ran. It took a long time into our relationship for me to get rid of those or those first few years. I just had a lot of like emotional trauma that I never really processed. Not to sound melodramatic, but I just, it, it, it was traumatic for me. <laughs> I had never seen anything like that or experienced anything like Tequila that. Tequila Katie began before yeah. she had a name. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and also like, and yeah. And by the way, like I, again, it wasn't all one-sided. I, I was like this sort of reluctant boyfriend who was scared of still kind of commitment. scared of, yeah I was a commitment of phobe I know your reasons for it because I think you want to just feel so prepared and so solid in life and just you know in career and feel like I want to have like a really great job before I get into this relationship because I want to be able to like not like take care of me but you yeah. know be yeah. able to yes th- I, but that's yes. it though I felt I wasn't sure that I could provide you with the love and care that you need. You know what I mean? Honey, I'm an independent woman. I know you are. You're a strong, <laughs> independent woman. Just show up for me. No, but I, I know and I love and appreciate it about you because you were very adverse to inadequacy and you wanted to feel like, you know, and even before we got engaged and, you know, you, I think you had these really beautiful ideas that maybe weren't entirely like realistic to like build and make every decision on or put things on hold for. I mean, just because, you know, life, comes at you fast and if you're waiting if you're waiting for one specific thing you're going to miss everything shout out to my acting like I took a lot of acting classes by the way I'm not a good actor but still I love acting I love being in acting classes but I remember one of my teachers used to always tell me he's like dude you spend too much time in the future mm-hmm. not the past yeah but like I'm reflective of my past and I've learned from my past, but I spent so much time living in the future. When I get this amount of money, I can finally do this and we can finally have a kid when I have this much money. It's just, that's, that's always been the way I've lived. But like that, what if that never comes? You know, it's like, um, exactly. I mean, of course I'm, incredibly optimistic. But, but that's like, why you have me to just force your hand. (laughs) (laughs) How are you with that tyrant Katie? How are you with like, bitch, I get shit done. He's okay. I feel like you're, you're a Libra. I'm a Capricorn. I'm like a, let's, let's get shit done. Let's have a schedule. Where are we going to go? I'm a planner. Like you'll sit there and think about it and never plan anything. You're great in terms of progress for the relationship. I think when they, when you hear a lot of that, I think it's like, sometimes they think you're an emotional tyrant in regards. Well, I, I have been. That's not all I am, but I, I definitely no, can course. be and I, have been an emotional tyrant. It's a bummer to see you defined as a mean girl and people calling you like because that's so not who you are. Sometimes with your like maybe Stasi and Kristen in particular, but and like people you just don't like. See, you won't you won't when you don't like somebody. I'll sugarcoat it. I'll, this is for the most part a good thing. Try to see the good things in people, and you do for the most part. I but do. like in our little parallel universe that is reality TV, sometimes can have quite the caustic tongue. 
I know I've had a sharp tongue for many years. It's so sharp. It's a finely tuned skill. I was I inherited that. Just kidding. I'm very much aware of how big of a bitch I can be, but also it's like it's usually pretty like responsive. It's not like I don't just like come out the gate being a bitch for no reason. I'm not just evil. It's like if somebody crosses me or fucks with me, I'll destroy them with my words and I'll be very horribly mean. And that's not right. It doesn't make it okay. But it's just I've had to work on my reactions towards people and take a breath, count to 10, because I will unleash. Sometimes it's not warranted too. And yeah, that's well, in your eyes, you are Switzerland. So yes, you are. You 100 percent are Switzerland. Tom, these people watch the show. Damn it. It's very easy to see that you avoid conflict at all costs. For example, people were asking about, you know, right now being, you know, kind of not in between or in the middle of Tom and Jack's, but like you're very close and they're two of your best friends. And you guys used to be, you know, three some of best friends. Yeah. And so people were wondering how are you dealing with that? <sighs> the three amigos, you know, we've yeah. been a, Two Toms and a Jacks. A a tremendous trio for a long time. You know, it's like we've sort of been in a relationship together. We've shared so much. We've been in the trenches of being the broke actor model dudes who have no idea where their next check is coming from. That's like, that's a bonding experience here in LA. It's really difficult to to be very close with two of your best friends who you all used to be best friends before. And I mean, I've been there with Chris and Stassi at times and maybe with girls it's different because we talk more. There's zero communication pretty much between Tom and Jax, but they did say happy birthday to each other. So I feel like that was a big step forward. I won't sugarcoat it. You know what? As an exercise and being more uh, upfront, I'll say, yeah, it's not, they're not in a great place right now. And I've been hanging out with both of them a lot and I love them differently, but equally. With girls, it's kind of like, have you talked to what's her face? Oh, has she been talking shit about me? Girls are a little more Yeah, Yeah, Tom and Jax don't do that. They don't, yeah, because I've been there for them both and you guys just straight up don't talk about the other one. I'll sometimes broach the subject over cocktails sensitively and um, with discretion. I'll be very careful with what I say. I don't like to ruffle feathers. Surprise, surprise. But you guys, yeah, it makes me sad. They're not in a great place. But then again, we're like pushing 40 here and um, them not being friends is not that big of a deal. Maybe they've grown apart and it is what it is. No, I don't want to let go of our trio. I'm not letting but go. Sometimes, okay. I mean, I was just in this position, you know, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Stassi, even though I know like a lot of our feelings are aligned on things. But, you know, Stassi and Kristen just got, you know, fired or it was announced that they weren't returning. You know, at the time, like before that, Kristen and I obviously had like a bit of a falling out last summer. The last year had been like really rough on our friendship, our relationship. We weren't talking. I was like, I was pretty certain that like we weren't ever going to get back to being friends. I didn't know how that would ever happen. I couldn't quite see that road on the map yet. I was just like, maybe one day, but like, I'm just so not there. And I just felt like we were on completely different pages. And then when all this shit went down, it was just like, everything sort of just became petty to me, like our drama. And I just saw my friend who I've, you know, who's been like a sister to me for 10 years, struggling and hurting and just wanted to be there for her. And I'm, and it kind of like became an icebreaker. So I don't know what it's going to take for Jax and Tom to get to that place because I think I think I'm not going to say what they're going through is petty but I think it's just stubbornness it is a little bit of that but also they're hyper focused on their own careers and love lives right now you know 
Um, so like, it's not a, it's not a big priority. And I, I am optimistic that they will rekindle that friendship at some point. It's never taken this long before. So that does scare me a little bit, but it's like, it's, I feel like if they were to both be here hanging out right now, it wouldn't be terribly awkward. Now, maybe four months, five, seven months ago, it would be unbearable, but like, yeah. um, have they hung out? I don't know when the no, last they time. they haven't. What has been the funniest thing or the funniest memory of something that you and Tom Sandoval have done? So many to pull from. Um, you guys get up to some shenanigans. I love late night antics with Sandoval. I think people who have watched the show from the beginning realize this. He's kind of… Nocturnal. He's, he is nocturnal. Yeah. I honestly think… He doesn't he, really come alive till about 9.30, 10 yeah. p.m. Although he's been getting a lot better at waking up early and working out and having more of a daytime morning routine. But like… For, I'm not saying he's not up. Yeah. He's just, he just doesn't get going. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. He's like ready. He's fired up and ready to go at like 8, 9 p.m. When I'm now, for the most part, I'm just kind of winding down. I want to be in bed by 10. Or I can go to like 6 in the morning too, occasionally. No, it's like 5.30 and you're like, is it bedtime yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, Anyways. like one of my, sorry. No, no, no. I want to answer the question. Yeah, okay. Um, Got to be concise here. One of my favorites, which people didn't actually see. They saw the aftermath. was getting the ass tattoos in Las Vegas. <laughs> because it was something I've always wanted to do. I was always tattoo curious. I didn't tell Tom, but and I, I had planned before we went to that trip to Vegas, I was going to spring it on him. And I think maybe around like two or three in the morning, we were hammed, just absolutely wrecked. And I was like, dude, let's get ass tattoos. And we ended up gambling for two or three more hours. And then we went to this place called Precious Sluts off the strip. <laughs> Shout out to Precious Sluts for taking us. By the time we got there, I think we seemed pretty reasonable because you know they won't tattoo you if you're wasted. And I mean, it's one of those things that's, it kind of felt like the movie, The Hangover. Because even though I was present while I was getting the ass tattoo, I, I was pretty, I was pretty numb. Um, and, I, and when I woke up, I just was like, oh my God, I had that moment where like, did I, Actually, when you came and showed me, I thought it was just like one of those like a henna or a temporary yeah. tattoo. And then I slapped your butt and yeah. you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, I wish we could like interact with the listeners right now because I want to ask them if they think getting a tattoo of your significant other's name on your body is a jinx. I think it is a jinx, but Bubba, it was a pet name and I didn't feel like it was. Okay, that's Bubba. That's what I want to talk about. Oh, Bubba. Yeah. People are wondering about the the nickname. And again, I feel like this is something we've talked about. Some people are grossed out and annoyed by it, but whatever. How that came to be. It just sort of happened. It evolved organically. I think in the beginning, I was like kind of obsessed with getting rubs from you. You gave really good head rubs and like, back rubs. It was like started from B, which everyone calls each other B. No, I didn't. No, like, no, 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 no. I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. Baby, baby. I, I, know, I know we're supposed to be embracing our, our inner basic bitch selves and whatnot, but I I was never that basic to call you You were you the babe. one that printed out the thing where it's like, babe, BB. BB. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe babe, babe was like one of those like weird- I thought it started off with rub. Rub. Rub, rub, rub. It went from like BB to rub. Baby to maybe babe to rub to rubba. And then from rubba to bubba. Bubba, bub. And then, yeah. Bubby. Like with my dogs, um, our dogs, excuse me, with our dogs, like pet names for me are always evolving and changing. Although yeah. yours is Bubba for life. Yeah. But um, do I call you, do I have any other pet names for you? I go, hey, Rub. Hey, Rub. Hey, Rub. Like the guy from the Goonies. Cutie pie. I like typing out QT. QT. And then um, Honey Bunny. Like from mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction, I like to send her the emoji. We're grossing everybody out. The honey emoji with the bunny emoji. Podcasts are great. 
I love listening to them. I love consuming them. I wish we could interact with people too. Hit me with some hard stuff. Let's get deep. We already did the deep shit. Um, what's your favorite thing about being married? Meeting new people and introducing you as my wife. It feels sexy and I'm proud. When you can remember that. To call you my wife. Although I'm very rarely wearing my wedding ring. You wear yours more than I do. But just in quarantine, I just don't want to wear jewelry at all. I don't want to wear clothes at all. I don't want to wear yeah. anything. Because sometimes jewelry gets restrictive. If I'm going to go hike, if I'm going to work out, I don't want to damage my ring. If I'm going to yeah. go swimming. How do people feel about that? Like, I, I feel like that's a source of contention in some relationships. Why aren't you wearing? Well, it, it usually speaks to deeper problems such as like, you know, worries about infidelity or just like emotional. I just try to like not wear mine because, you know, like I don't want to scratch my stone. I don't want to scratch my band. And like people don't understand that just like daily activities, doing all that kind of stuff can even, you know, sleeping in it can be bad for the ring. What we have is pretty standard in regards to how often we wear our rings, right? As time goes on, been together 10 years. I don't need to wear my ring at all times. I will say sometimes when I'm on vacation, if I forget to bring my ring, I feel shady. Like if me and Tom are doing a gig in Atlantic City, like one of the first things other girls, fans of the show will be like, why aren't you wearing your ring? Like in this sort of like Like incredulous sort of incriminating tone. And I'm just like, no, no, no. I just forgot it. I know it looks like, because they, you know, start thinking about what they've seen from me on the show, getting drunk and being a douche or something. No, but then there's those girls become snakes. No. And then they're like, oh, well, he fucks around. So I'm going to try to like no, take that, advantage of that. That never happens. Like our Tom, people, I mean, it has happened. It did happen. Well, I that's mean, one of the times. Not I, in modern times. <laughs> vintage times. That's how it happened. Anyways, um, speaking of uh, those things, who are celebrity hall passes? It's ever evolving, first of all. I think most people's are. I don't believe in that, but I think you should only be able to like change it up every like few years. Which ones are laminated? <laughs> I would say in friends when I think Ross laminates his I think Dua Lipa is probably laminated. I love her. I've always had a thing, I've had a major crush on Amanda Seafree, but then sometimes people are like, She looks just like Stasi, and I'm like, not that no, I mean I love doesn't. I love Stasi so much, but then I don't want to, to be weird that I have a crush on somebody. Why? Because that, they both have blue eyes, I don't blonde know. hair. Well, you're the one who said that the first time I told you I had a crush on her. But um, anyways, no, I didn't say that. I like a man. Um, they they resemble each other, but they don't look like, I like each I've, other. I've always had a crush on um, of course, uh, Mila Jovovich, especially Mila Jovovich in the Fifth Element. One more Fifth. That's my last Fifth Element reference. I promise. <laughs> okay. They don't come to mind as quickly as they maybe used to when we were not as happy in our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the day, like 2009, I had a list of like 20. Who are mine? Uh, let's see. Nobody asked. Nobody asked. They asked both. They asked, what are your guys? Right. Hit me with it. I bet you I can guess. Uh-huh. The Rock. No. Bruce Willis. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Bruce Willis. Yeah. That's all I can think of off the top of my head is Bruce. What? That's the last fifth element. The whole cast of the fifth element. Paul Rudd. Paul oh Rudd God, is I a stud. I mean, everybody. <sighs> I think everybody's at least somewhat attracted to Paul Rudd. He's so approachably good looking. He's so good looking. And, and he just funny. doesn't age. And yeah, personality wise, 10 yeah. out of 10. I don't know him personally, but yeah. that's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe um, I'm trying to think if I have like a weird one. Okay, you have to pick a cast member. No, I'm Gross. kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so... Can you imagine if we went down that no that that's, road right this now? This is not even realistic. It's not. I know. I was kidding. No, God, for other whoa, people, whoa, they go whoa, there. Whoa, pump the brakes. What is your dream destination? 
for a trip. Well, Bora Bora honeymoon was like world class. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be annoying and gush about it, but you've seen the pictures. It looks like a postcard in person. That's exactly what it looks like. And it's like. not cheap, but like just you can find a way. It's not insanely expensive. Depends on where you go. I mean, there's different islands to go to. But um, let's see. My ideal vacation right now. My ideal destination. Anywhere with you, Bubba. That's mm-hmm. that's corny. Um, you could go anywhere in the world right now. I've never been to Europe, you guys. I mean, I've been to Iceland. You want to go to Amsterdam, right? I want to go to Amsterdam. I want to go to Berlin. I want to go just take in culture and history. I want to go see the Colosseum. I want to gallivant in Italy. Problem is you never want to leave town for more than a week. Well, it's because of the dogs. You guys, no, but you can't the go dogs have anyway. ruined traveling when, for us. But when you travel to Europe, you basically, it's a whole day to get there. And then you kind of like need some time to sort of acclimate. So you got to like the first day is always kind of like, you know, don't want to plan too much crazy shit those first days. You know, then you kind of like settle into it. Like remember we went to Tokyo and like we really got grooving on like day three. Shout out to Tokyo. An awesome electric city that I cannot wait to go back to. I'm still jazzed that we got to experience it. It was the best. It's like one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. Everything's so clean. People are so respectful. I want to ask your listeners though, like going back to like homesick after seven days, is this is this a normal thing, you guys? Like I start to miss the dogs like sickly after like seven, eight days, and I'm like, we gotta go back. Right now, my dream destination is oh so, so to answer your question, finally. It's actually not Europe, it's Tom Tom. Because I miss going oh, yeah. in. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. I do miss it so much. I know. But... Shout out to Tom Tom and Sir and Pump. My dream destination, if I could go anywhere in the world right now, to the Greek islands. I've been to Athens, but I've, I haven't been to the islands. And yeah. I would like, I just want to go be somewhere on the coast or with a beach and just like post up. That sounds romantic. Right? We were going to go there on our honeymoon, but yeah. we went to Bora Bora or Tahiti yeah. instead. Um, okay, I have a couple more questions. Let's do this it. This is getting longer than normally. Fuck so hopefully you. everyone's still with us. You haven't <laughs> dipped out by now. Um, what are some of your phobias? Mm. I know at least one of them. A mild version of thalassophobia, just like being in water and not knowing what's underneath me is what I understand of that term. Oh God, yeah. And it really scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> My mom instilled like a deep fear of sharks. Ugh. I'm still blowing away. Like, you know, for instance, Max will go out to Malibu and surf, San Diego and surf. I have a phobia of the water, although I'm getting better. Um, I have a phobia of mayonnaise. Creamy white food. Well, no, well, there's, there's exceptions. Ranch, of, sour cream you won't eat. But I love ice cream. I love yogurt. I love, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it, actually. You'll do cream cheese. You'll do ice cream. I don't want any creaminess unless it's semi-sweet. But ranch is, ranch is an abomination. No, it's not. I used to have a phobia of commitment in terms of relationships, I think. Correct. That's pretty much it. I love listening to other people's phobias, though. It's always fascinating to me. Like, like you remember like just watching Maury Povich and like seeing people who are truly terrified of like pickles. What am I scared of? What are my phobias? Do you have Probably any? going outside. I have a little, I think I have like minor agoraphobia. Yeah, you do. I'm not even being funny. Like, I really think I have a minor phobia of outside. outside. Bad, sun, scary. <laughs> I don't, it's more about the people. Yeah. See, I'm so much better. I love, I love going out and meeting people. I love being in time. But I, and, the thing is, like, I, I do. I love people. I love meeting people. But sometimes the thought of having to like go into a store and just having to talk to other people, 
I can't deal. That's relatable. I think everyone can relate to that on some level. Sometimes you just, the thought of of small talk with someone. I hate, I have a phobia of small I love talk it. for sure. I love it. But sometimes if you're hungover or sick or you're irritable or you've had a horrible day, like, and someone comes up to you and, and just like, you're maybe you're with a group of friends and you're going out for drinks. They're like, so what do you do? And you just want to slap them <laughs> so hard. That. I hate you wanna, that. You want to slap them right across the face and get up and walk away. I love people. I love interacting with them, but- She doesn't some, love people. No, but sometimes I hate everyone. Yeah. I also am really scared of spiders because when they bite me, I have a crazy reaction to them. Bubs, you've seen the welts. Yeah. And they ooze and they itch. She's scared of jellyfish, you guys. Because you always make me scared. Cause, yeah. cause I will be, I will be the person that gets stung. Like without a doubt, I know that's what's coming for me. You know the housewife taglines, right? Yeah. What would yours be? We figured this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Well, mine is. Ready for it? Yeah. My wife may fly coach, but I'm first class. That's not even true. I know, but that one time I got upgraded, and someone made a meme about it. And you I should w- see. I might fly coach, but my wife is first class. Mm. <laughs> That's not a good one. I know, but I stole it. It was a meme from the internet. Oh. Mine used to be, don't mistake my kindness for weakness because I'll fuck you up. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I think I need to update it though. Haven't figured it out. I'll get back to you on that. We should all have at least three housewives taglines ready to go at all times. For different moods, different times of the day. I think that covers a lot of the stuff um, I wanted to talk about and all the questions that you don't want to ask me anything? I have been asking you things. Yeah, but these are... These are these are like a combination. Hmm. Well, Bob, I feel like I know you. Yeah. I got nothing to say to your what ass. What do you want for dinner? Nothing. I'm good, actually. <laughs> you got nothing to say to my ass? I'm just kidding. Let's go watch a movie. Anybody who's listening, I, I miss I miss you guys. I miss hanging out at TomTom. I know. Tom, do you have any updates on TomTom? Still closed indefinitely, but... Always optimistic. I mean, just right now, everything is such a health and safety, you know, threat is really high. It's hard to turn a profit in the restaurant industry and half capacity with all these, you know, right now, basically, only the only restaurants that have like a lot of them have converted parking lots (laughs) into outdoor dining or built on decks. But TomTom doesn't really, I mean, it's very sandwiched in that, um, in that section. Sounds of delicious. businesses, but yeah, hopefully soon. And then, what can you give an update on the chillin attire and the moos? I love making merch. By the way, I got some really cool merch coming out. It's it's like it's like a great little exercise in starting something. Well, conceiving something, starting it, and finishing it. You know what I mean? I have a lot of things that sort of. You committed to those moomoos a lot faster than you committed to me. I, so I, have I did. have a bit of a bone to pick. Well, I just know. I, I get it's It's a very satisfying, it's very creatively satisfying coming up with like ideas for merch. I try to make stuff that people will dig even if they don't like me or know the show. But I have a really mm-hmm. cool Tom, like Art Nouveau style Tom Tom mural coming out that I commissioned um, this, this artist called Molly Tuggle. And I, I should have some really cool stuff coming You're out soon. Do- T-shirts of new, that? Two new TomTom hats, T-shirts. Yeah, I the think, hats are the best. I you got, got some Lumos. So, and where can people go buy all this? Um, at Fanjoy. Well, it's not out yet, but it's at fanjoy.co backslash Tom. And you do have stuff available right now. Right now, I think I have some of the old TomTom murals, but like I have some new chilling gear and like I got some, I got some stuff I'll be proud of coming out in the next month or two. And uh, maybe some seasonal stuff. 
And uh, yeah, you got some good. I stuff love making merch coming out. It's you like it's it's not it's not incredibly lucrative, but it's like super fun for me. I love plugging it. I love seeing people's reactions to it. Like people love those damn Tom Tom hats. They're always still hitting me up for them. They fit really well. And everyone loves the Moo Moos. People who don't know the show that I've seen the hat, are like, ooh, I love that hat. Uh-huh. Who don't really know. They just, uh, yeah. anyways. But the Moo Moos everyone loves because yeah. you love rocking the Moo Moos. I do. I think you should make some green pants for when people are feeling extra spicy. Someone cursed me early on when I was wearing a pair of green Adidas. And now whenever I put them on, I he sort hulks of, out. I hulk out, dog. <laughs> it's not, you're not going to like me when I'm wearing green pants. Nope. Yeah. Run for the hills. <laughs> but, and then speaking of dog, are we going to get a new uh, lizard or reptile? We didn't, just so everyone knows, we didn't kill dog. We're 99.999% sure he was sick by the time we got him. Because sometimes when they transport, they just, their health deteriorates. And because when the, from the moment we got him, he just was had zero spunk. He was he that was, pathetic. Yeah, was, like I, they, I, I they just, said. They said it was just temporary, maybe that he was acclimating. Yeah, it was an acclimation phase. Rest in peace, dog. He's in the I backyard know. right now. We buried him in our backyard. Well, we, we're flirting with blue tongue skinks. We are. It's a commitment, though, and you know I'm a commitment of phobe. Twenty to thirty years they live. What I think could easily outlive me. And I'm that's, see, us. That's fine. Um, yeah, that's fine. But, but see, that's why. So everyone also was asking us about babies when we're gonna have a baby. But you hear how <laughs> Mr. Commitment Phobe himself. I'm yeah. I mean, I've gotten better about being in the present not living in the future like we talked about, but I'm still kind of living in the present. Like, we'll have a baby when the time is right, when I have, you know, Honey, I mean, we we're got not the house. getting any younger. We're going to have a baby. Let's go make a baby. Let's end right there. It doesn't work like that. I got the app and right now, tonight is not the time, but we could practice. By the way, thank you for everybody still, still tuned in. I appreciate you guys, but should we tell them how, how sad our dogs get when they see us having sex? How disturbed... <laughs> They, well, I don't know. It's usually just afterwards. They're like, what the fuck? They're like, like, like some someone was murdered or like they're just, they're traumatized. Yep. Um, what have you done to each other? And uh, <laughs> what were those noises? Oh, yeah, that's too far. No, Tom. Okay, sorry. It's TMI. <laughs> sorry, mom. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. Anyways, what else? Sex. Anything? It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, because we never have sex. Ha ha ha. Is there anything else you wanted to add? What do you want the people to know? Well, there's some cool things I'm working on. I don't want to plug them right now. And well, it's not about plugging, but just anything that you wanted to get out. Man, I, I'm having good days and bad days. I'm having <laughs> highs and lows. I definitely almost lost my mind at least seven or eight times. But True. for the most part, I am very, very optimistic about life in a post-COVID world. I'm optimistic about the vaccines. I mean, it's going to take a few years at least for everything to get back to this what- This is what you want to talk about? I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to leave on a- <laughs> I thought meant like, like if there was any questions that were asked and if you want, if that's what you want to talk about, I won't stop you. No, I just was, I was just trying to be relatable. It's because I just, <laughs> I had I'd set so many goals early on when quarantine first started and I haven't accomplished all those goals. Sometimes I get down on myself and I have a lot of, like, yeah, I have a lot of things that are sort of in incompletion purgatory. Like there's a lot of things. That's that, like I'm, everybody. I know, but it, it kills me. And I'm like, I have I no excuse not to do these things. But this is something outside of you. Bearing on me starting to write a, a movie that I've wanted to write for a long time. Okay, and, well then. Okay, yeah. let's not get into that. What the, the hell are you doing? Okay. Criticism yeah, and self-loathing. Yeah. We want to keep it positive and light. Anyways. Okay. Well, let's just end it there. 
Thank you, honey. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Love you, Bubba. I love you too. Well, until next time. All right. Adios. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 